Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for those listening right now live on Twitter, again, this is the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you. I want to ask you this question, George, and feel free to chime in if you are listening on Twitter. We've talked about the offensive ineptness right now. We've talked about, you know, Matt Ryan struggles with ball security. It's seven games. Is it time, if you were Frank Reich, George, to put Sam Ellinger in and kind of give him uh, the reins on offense? No, and Sam himself said that he's two years away from being an NFL quarterback this preseason. He knows, you know, he's going through a, a pretty intense program with with Tom House, trying to strengthen that shoulder and trying to get his mechanics down where they need to be. He's just not an NFL quarterback at this point. I think one thing I don't understand: you, you pushed him up to the number two spot so that he could come in in, in short yardage situations. We've had a couple of those spots here in the last two weeks, and and he's not been on the field. You know, for third and one or last week on the on the two-point tries, I don't get that. I think it's time to, to start seeing that package. Otherwise, why is Nick Foles not still the number two quarterback? Uh, but I don't – you know, again, I, it's what I said earlier today. Go watch the Packers right now. Look at look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers. I don't know what he finished at. At one point today, he had 12 completions for 65 yards. Tom Brady's team just put up three points in a loss to the Panthers. You know, what's the common denominator – they don't have an offensive line right now in, in Green Bay. They don't have an offensive line right now in Tampa Bay that can protect these guys. And, and we're talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So, you know, d- does it give you a spark? I don't think so. I just don't think Sam's ready. I think I think you're going to get a lot of oohs and ahs as he makes nine guys miss and still gets sacked for a two-yard loss. But I think that's – I don't think you're going to get any difference. I mean, I, I would understand the move if they do it. I just don't think it's – I don't think it's something that's going to make a difference. The reaction so far is very interesting on Twitter. Cause I, I put this question out there at Ryan underscore Hickey, number three on Twitter and at GM Bremer on Twitter as well. And the reaction is almost 50, 50. Would you, you know, is it time for Sam Miller to get a look? Some people are saying yes. Some people are saying no, you are saying no. My thing, I guess is this going back to the definition of insanity. I get, yes, this is on the offensive line. I, I understand that. And again, if you're uh, a move has you a move has to be made there first. I think with the coaching, you got to make a move. Chris Strasser, listen, I'm sure you're a great guy. Time to go. Time to get a new voice there coaching them up. If that move's not going to be made, though, honestly, George, I don't know what else this t- – like, I don't know what else to do. Because if you're – like, you need to do something. Something has to change. Like you mentioned, they have they have rotated, and it's been a, a carousel and the offensive line of, of who's starting where, or sliding guys over – Outside of one game, nothing really so far. Six out of seven games, nothing's, nothing has worked. Like, what else are you going to do? They've tried the no-huddle offense. They've tried the quick passing game. They've tried to run the ball first earlier in the season. 
they tried no huddle. I don't know if I mentioned that already or not. Like they have to the Colts credit, they've tried. Yep. They've tried almost everything. And for the most part, everything is, is still the same where we are still seeing no protection. Matt Ryan getting hit a lot and his offense not being able to, to throw the ball more than 10 yards because there's no time. I, yep. I'm with, I don't think Sam Ellinger is very good. I was very upset when they even put on the 53 minute roster. I, I cut it. I just think it was very unnecessary to have three quarterbacks on the roster and could have used that roster spot somewhere else. But that said, like his mobility right now, a quarterback is almost exactly what this team needs. Like forget the throwing ability. You just to be able to extend plays is something that this Colts team, I think, desperately needs. And they obviously don't have a Matt Ryan. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt that Matt Ryan's not going to be out there running around and extending plays. It may not happen. He he does have good pocket presence, and you see it at times. I think there are a couple times today, and I kind of tried to point it out on Twitter when it happened, where he really moved up in the pocket and did a really good job, made a play, you know, found a receiver and, and kept the, the drive going. But the problem is he does that a couple times, and he throws a couple interceptions, and they cancel each other out. You know, so at right. the end of the day, uh, or probably don't cancel each other out, honestly. It's going the other way. Uh, because the interceptions have a lot more negative effect than 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 there is a positive effect from those two plays, you know. Again, I, Frank Reich said after the game it's not happening, so I know that Sam Ellinger is not coming in. You know, he said Matt's our quarterback, which is whenever your head coach starts having to say that, that's always a bad sign. You know, I just go back to whenever it's whatever the quarterback's first name is is our quarterback. You know, things aren't going well yeah. uh, because he's obviously getting asked that question, which means things aren't going well. And when that's the answer, things aren't going well. Um, you know, I. I Look, it's not going to make a difference. I really don't think so. But I, I get where you're coming from. I 100% understand the idea of you've tried everything else. Um, I just don't look. You know what Sam Ellinger did in the third and fourth quarters of preseason games were outstanding. Uh, I give him all the credit in the world for going out there. He's definitely improved from where he was a year ago. But honestly, anything that happens after the second quarter and usually the first quarter of a preseason game, you should erase from your mind because it's it's not NFL football. And I don't think it would be the same result. The one time he played like close to a starting defense was against Detroit when he came in right after Nick Foles at the end of the first half and he couldn't move the ball. So, you know, it's short sample size. I get it. I know there's gonna be a lot of people mad right now. I just don't think that Sam Ellinger is the, the savior for this football team. I would definitely not the savior. I would hundred percent agree with you there. I think the, 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 the part that I'm grappling with, I guess, is if you make that move, I almost like, it's tough to go back. Like if you make mm-hmm. the move now and you go, all right, we're benching Matt Ryan and go with Sam Ellinger. It's week eight. I, I, I my hopes are not high. Like this is this team's not going to like. I don't think this offense is going to magically better, or they're going to find their answer. You know, for the quarterback of the future. But then it's also too like, and you can go back to Matt Ryan. It's that's tough. Yeah, that, it's tough to make kind of make that flip flop, and you go like week twelve. We're going to be sitting here going like, all right, let's bring Matt Ryan back. That's the only Nick reason. Foles. Right. Oh God. Like, I, right. It's like, not not a good answer. No, and that's it's so frustrating because it, it's the Colts need to find answers. And the most frustrating part is right now, their offensive line is really not allowing any answers to or any questions to be solved because they can't, doesn't matter who's back there, give them, give them time. And even like I said, Matt, uh, Sam Ellinger brings mobility to this that they've not had. But then it goes back to, you know, your point about canceling out. Well, if can't throw the ball accurately, he's not very good at reading defenses. And you know, his, his arm strength is okay, but it's not where it should be. His accuracy is questionable as well. I, like, is his mobility going to cancel out some of those negatives? Probably not. But that's where the Colts are right now, where it's just, uh, again, an endless cycle of talking about different problems on offense that all funnel back to one problem with one unit and five guys. 
But that's why I think that you need to get him in there in that package that they have for him. Because I do think you get a, a short-term burst from him. Until defenses figure him out, he would come in and he would make some plays. You know, it would take some time for them to get the video. And if you've got a, if you've got a package for Sam Ellinger, which they say they have, and you brought him up to be the number two quarterback because of that package, I do think it's time to go to that package. I don't think it's time to bench Matt Ryan for him, but I do think it's time to get him out there and let him make a couple plays because it's going to take a while for defenses to catch on in, in a short taste like that. And it's also going to give him a chance to get his feet wet. If he is going to be the guy for the future, that's the way he, he's going to find that out. That's the way it starts. So to me, you know, if there is a short yardage package, as they've been talking about, then let's see it. I hate, like, I don't want to sound defeated, George, but honestly, I feel almost as defeated as the Bron- like after the Broncos win, ironically enough, uh, in Denver a few weeks ago. Just because, like, honestly, you're talking about bringing them in and providing a spark. And you're right. And you're right. Also take a few weeks for them to figure out he can maybe absorb a Taysom Hill-esque role for mm-hmm. a little bit, right? But honestly, my brain goes back to, well, what does it really matter? Because if he's not breaking up a 60-yard touch, like, if he can get a second and two first down, great. Well, then it's going to be first and ten, and it's going to be, like, the same problems over and over again where Matt Ryan's going to be dropping back and having guys in his face and, you know, we're, we're get, trying to get excited about a five-yard slant right here or make sure Jonathan Taylor doesn't get stuffed behind the line for two yards, a two-yard loss. It yep. just goes back to the end of the day. It's like this offense is, is so neutered because they don't have any time to protect that even like a, a solution that you're bringing up, it's hard for me to, to get excited about because then my brain just goes back to, okay, great. That's a short term, you know, maybe two, three plays at a time works. And that's well, how are they going to get the other, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards they need to score a touchdown. It, it's just so hard to be excited right now because they've just beaten the life out of you. So they can't 100%. do anything. 100%. I will say anything. Probably the one thing that, that, that would help a little bit uh, that I got to give Nate Atkins of the Indy Star credit for this because it was his idea. You know, maybe you can do a little more jump balls with Michael Pittman Jr. We saw that one time today. He, he did what he always does, kind of boxed out the defender, pulled down the ball, made the catch. If you're going to have the risk of interceptions anyway, if you're going to turn the ball over anyway, those can be some arm punts in situations like that. I do think sometimes when the play is breaking down and Matt Ryan doesn't want to throw it away, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea to throw it up a few more times, and not just for Pittman. I mean, Paris Campbell's done it a couple times. We've seen him do it, especially in practice. Alec I think Pierce. Alec Pierce has shown that he's very good at that. I think Mike Strawn's got the body type to suggest that he could do it. Jelani Woods, Mo Alley Cox, you know, maybe a, a few more of these 50-50 balls. And it sounds funny because the team's turned the ball over 14 times in seven games, but maybe the answer is to be a little bit more risky at times in, 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 in some of these short yardage because somewhere you've got to get a – a big play. And I don't know how else you're going to get one other than basically, you know, saying the line can't protect. We're just going to throw a 50, 50 ball up there. You're not going to do it every, every snap, obviously, but I mean, is it going to be worse than, than the pick six today? No. All right. At least, at least there, like you said, it's an arm punt. So best case scenario, you throw 30 yards down the field. All right. You tackle them right there. And it's kind of like, you know, a crappy punt. And listen, we saw Matt Hawk today. Have what, how many, five, six bad punts. Mm-hmm. Average of 35. So it's what's the difference? You know, everybody throws up 30 yards and Matt Hawk kicks it 25 yards and it's a bad bounce. No real difference, George. But I think it's one of those things you you need to you need to get a spark wherever you can find it. That's why I'm in favor of the short yardage, because you're hundred percent right. Okay, you pick up a first down here, you you stuck your finger in the dam, there's still water pouring in everywhere else. How's it gonna work? You know, I, I think that the short yardage is one way. I think the jump balls are another way. I just think you've got to look for little ways to try to get more of a spark. 
give Jonathan Taylor more carries out of the shotgun. You know, he did a really good job with that. I think he runs well out of the shotgun. I think he runs well at tempo. We've got a very short sample size, but what we saw from him today and what we saw in the fourth quarter in Houston, I think he has earned the right to get some more carries out of the shotgun and see if that can help, you know, provide a spark. Maybe you get a big play there. Uh, but at this point, I think you got to, nothing should be off the board, nothing. And so even, even benching Matt Ryan, nothing should be off the board because you have what you just scored 10 points and, and lost a game that was a critical game. And it's a sixth time in seven games this year that you can look at the offense and say, maybe the fifth, I mean, maybe they did enough against Kansas city, but you know, more often than not, you, you come out of the game this year and you feel like the offense really didn't hold up its end of the bargain, even in some of the wins, certainly the Denver win. So 10 points ain't going to get it done. I know defense can take it on their, their chin as much as they want to. They can be stand-up guys, and they can talk about they need to even you know give up fewer points. Fact of the matter is you're not going to win many games in the NFL with 10 points. You're 100% right, and the fact that the Colts somehow yet again lose a game which the other team is not scoring offensive touchdown, unbelievable, unbelievably bad. So let's start to wrap up the pod then with this, George, because we've highlighted basically for most of the podcast how bad the offense is, and rightfully so because there's, there's – it's. This is the biggest reason why this team, again, is not having a better record than 3-3-1, which they absolutely should, considering the competition they have played. Another first half, big-time deficit. Another offensive, horrendous performance. The fans are calling for it. Let me ask you, do you think it's time for Frank Reich to go in season right now? No, I mean, it's still 3-3-1. you got to look at the big picture. Things are terrible. There's no question about this. Uh, we've been talking about it all year long. I don't think we've shied away from how bad things are, how bad the offense is. Uh, statistically, still, I think they were 29th coming in, 27th in scoring now coming in with that 34-point game. They're probably going to be back close to the bottom again, if not right at the bottom you know, after the 10-point performance today. So, um, you know, I get that. And any time that, that your head coach, his side of the ball is, is, is the side that, that's really – the problem, you know, that, that everybody's pointing to the, this, what's going to happen. But I go back to the same thing again. It's not going to matter. Is firing Frank Wright going to suddenly bring an offensive line in here? Cause I don't care. You could go get Vince Lombardi and he's not going to call plays that are going to work with this line. You know, it, to me, the fact that they're three, three and one is shocking. Um, not that they're struggling on offense. You know, they, they probably shouldn't have won three games at this point, to be honest, they found a way to do that. And, you know, that's to their credit, I guess. But also, as we look around the NFL, and we were talking about it in the preview pod, you're still in the hunt. You know, they're going to drop out of the seventh playoff spot, I, I imagine, with a loss today. But you're going to be, what, a half game back from, from a wild card spot? Um, a half game out in the division? Now you're not going to win any tiebreakers because you got swept by Tennessee and you're 2-1, 3-1 and one in the division. And the best you can be is 2-3-1 in the division. So you're going to have to finish ahead of, you know, everybody because you're not going to win a tiebreaker, but they're still in the race. And then you don't fire the head coach when you're in the race. I understand where that's coming from. They look terrible and the offense has been inept. I don't know any other word for it. Um, it and the starts have been awful. I mean, it's now five division games and five times they've trailed by double digits. I get it. I get where it's all coming from, but it's kind of the same thing that we were talking about with a lot of the other stuff. I just don't think it makes a difference. I, I don't know. I mean, you want John Fox to finish out as the interim coach. Do you think that's the answer? I don't know. That makes a difference. I would agree. First of all, I'm with you. I don't think Frank Reich should be fired right now. I, I, I think right now it's almost a foregone conclusion. At the end of the year, it's a different story. Mm -hmm. 
But right now in season, I'm with you. I don't think Jim Mercer should make the move because, like you said, it's really fixing nothing. I, I guess maybe it's a package deal if you get Chris Strasser out of there too. But that's really good. I think the offensive line is really the only area where you can make a change coaching-wise and actually have it make a tangible difference for sure. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like going anywhere. I know record-wise they're in the hunt. They're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. See this offense, like this team is not very good. The rest of the ASC stinks, um, which is kind of keeping them around. But from what we've seen, this is not a playoff team through seven games no. by far. And even so, if they sneak in, what are they going to do? Right. Like, they're not beating anyone, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, right, how truly viable are they as a playoff team? Not very much whatsoever. But the thing that I do keep thinking about, George, and why, at least right now as we record this, as you're obviously listening live, but if you're listening uh, the next day, we are recording this, you know, right after the game on Sunday. If there was to be a move made by Jim Mercer, again, I wouldn't do it. You said you wouldn't do it. If Jim Irsay was to do it, though, this feels like the game he would do it. I know they're 3-3-1, three, three but you lose another game to the Titans in which the offense was feeble, in which you have another slow start to the game. We've we talked about George, and I'm sure Jim Irsay is sick of hearing about it, how slow starting this offense is. And here you are, shut out again in the first half. You're, let me get the numbers here. It's just absurdly how bad uh, this team is. It's 98-39 is what they've been outscored by so far in seven games in the first half. 98-39. So it's been a problem all season long. The offense stinks. It's an offensive mind and head coach. And you get swept for the second year in a row. Lost five in a row in six last seven to a team Jim Mercy hates the most in the Titans on their homecoming day, nonetheless, for, for Titans-Oilers. Again, I don't yep. think Jim Mercy is going to, to fire Frank Reich either Sunday night or Monday morning. I don't think we'll be having to record another emergency pod to react to it either later tonight or early tomorrow morning. But this feels like if there was to be ever a move for the first time in Jim Mercer's career or a career's owner of making an in-season coaching move, this feels like the timing wise, this would be the game after you lose to the Titans again. I guarantee you that right. I mean, I don't even have to, to, to guess at that. He didn't talk to us after the game. So, you know, I don't have firsthand uh, knowledge of that. Smart, by know, the way. Good thing <laughs> we for know. Him. We know, you know, what what he what his expectations were for this season. We know what his expectations are when they're playing the Titans. And I guarantee you, he's never going to be happy with 10 points. I mean, that's not who he is. Uh, that, that's not the kind of team that he wants to put out there on the field. Uh, but again, look, you know, I know a lot of this too. And I, I feel like I'm the killjoy today. But I know a lot of this is driven by the, let's go get Sean Payton. Sean Payton ain't coming here. I mean, I'll just put that to, to rest right now. Sean Payton is not coming to coach this football team. Why would he? Does he want to come and, and coach a team with no long-term quarterback and, and an offensive line right now that's in shambles? You're telling um, me Matt what... Ryan and this offensive line and a potential mid-round draft pick because they're not going to be bad enough to get like a top three. That's not attractive for, for the best right now coach on the market? George, I'm like probably not. If I'm, Sean, <laughs> if I'm Sean Payton, I'm just going to take that TV money until the perfect opportunity comes. And, and this is not the perfect opportunity. I could say that with – with a lot of feeling. I mean, I honestly, I think there's a better chance he's coaching Houston next year than that he's coaching here. That's a hot. T- wow. I mean, I guess I can't. I mean, if they get Bryce the number Younger, one overall CJ pick. Stroud, they have a I lot don't of think holes. he'll be there either. I don't think he'll be there either. But, I mean, if you're going to choose between the two, you know, yeah, which one, one makes more sense? Or the Colts team is kind of picking like 13 or 14 with mm-hmm. a broken offensive line. And I don't know, Will Levis, no disrespect to Will Levis, a quarterback. It's 
you're not wrong. I mean, Chargers, Broncos could open up. So there's definitely more attractive openings. But also, too, then you're like, it's more of a pipe dream to get Sean Payton. And again, there's no real long-term answer at, at head coach anyway. And even if you wanted Sean Payton, right? Let's just say like that. Let's just say it was realistic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you fire Frank Reich today or at the end of the season. No. It, does, that it doesn't. doesn't help your chances of getting him. I mean, I mean, technically Carolina's got a head start, you know, because their their coach is gone, so they can start interviewing people right now. So from that standpoint, you know, yeah, but uh, I agree with you. I mean, he's going to watch the landscape. He's a pretty smart guy. He's going to wait and see what jobs open up as the offseason goes. I don't think he's going to take a job in November. You know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I honestly think, you know, while we're just wildly speculating, because to talk about something other than the offensive line, Anything. I honestly think if if there is a head coaching change, which right now we're heading in that direction. I mean, let's be honest. It's more likely than not right now. Uh, I think they're going to go more of a Dan Campbell type. I mean, if you look at the guys that Chris Ballard interviewed when, when the job was open the last time, Mike Vrabel was one of them. Dan Campbell was one of them. And, and, and when you talk about, you know, when you hear what he says and what Jim Irsay says about this team needing to be tough, about them needing to win games the way the Titans win games, I think they're going to look for a Dan Campbell type. That's just my guess. If there's a coaching change. When it feels like there's a coach change at this point, <laughs> yeah. but it is, they still bring some juice. Like this team won't look flat, which, uh, you know, is something now the results. I mean, you see Detroit's just a mess. So we'll see, you know, kind of who that is and how that shapes out. But anything right now, George, to get this team going in the right direction and just get off to a good start. We'll talk about more on the midweek pod. Cause we've gotten a little long already, but another slow start, another week where the offense just, Looks like that. Like it's like there. There's no sense of urgency. I know Frank Reich's huh? always kind of been that calm demeanor kind of guy, and again, it's worked out the other way because the Colts have you know played well in the second half, played well in the fourth quarter, not just this year, but in his tenure. So that you know that not panicking has worked positively in, in those situations, but also feels like it works negatively in these situations where you need to get off to a good start. You need to play well, and defensively it's working, but offensively another game where you just continue to fall behind. And you cannot fall behind. This is just laughable with how bad the AFC South is. But I think going back to last year, and they've had double-digit um, deficits going back to week uh, was that week 18 in Jacksonville. So six straight mm-hmm. division games, you have fell behind by double digits, and they have uh, They have not won, we'll say, because it's a stupid tie. They've won only one of them, I should say. Yeah, that's that's only pathetic. Pathetic. No, it's... <laughs> And that's honestly at the end of the year when when they're you know taking stock of everything that's going to be the biggest knock against Frank Reich. You've got to take care of the division, and they just have You know the reason they're not winning these division titles, they're one three and one against the AFC South right now. If you're three one and one against the AFC South right now, you're running away with the division. You're the 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 odds on favorite, and you've got a cushion. You know what I mean? They're not winning games against the teams they have to beat the most. And they're not powerhouse teams. I mean, nothing against Tennessee because I think Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in this league. And I think he gets more out of his team than, than probably anybody out there. And they, they find ways to win just like this all the time consistently, but their rosters doesn't scare you. You're not going into Tennessee week saying that this team's going to overpower you. Jacksonville is a young team. They're on the rise. They still find ways to lose more often than they are finding to win witness today against the giants, you know, Houston, I think Lovey Smith's done a really good job with them in terms of giving them a little bit of hope and making them really be a pain in the butt kind of team to play. Uh, but they're not they're not a threat. And yet here you are against those teams one, three, and one this year. That that at the end of the day, that's the biggest knock against Frank Reich. They are still 
It's crazy to say and frustrating to say. They're the most talented team in this division. You just highlighted the Titans do not scare you, and they were banged up coming to this game anyway. So the Jackson, the Jaguars are young. The, the Texans have no real talent. And here you are talking about a team that through five games in the division is one, three, and one. That That's going to get you fired. That's going to get you fired. And like I said, it's not going to bode well come January for Frank Reich. Again, I will be I will be lying for that. I didn't have Jim Mercer's Twitter notifications on between now and let's say Tuesday morning. I don't me the both of us don't expect a change. I guess I'm just not 100 percent sold that maybe Jim Mercer is I'm sure in rage state at this point uh, that we won't see like a uh, a video from him in front of his private jet with the with the jet engines playing and you know where you can barely hear what he's saying saying that we're making a coaching change and that Frank Reich has got to go, but. Man, what a, just a, a frustrating loss of the Titans, a game that they should have won. We both thought they would win going in. And to close on this, George, another game where we truly don't know who this Colts team is. Like, it's crazy to say we're almost halfway through the year. Yeah. We're through seven games. I couldn't tell you their identity. If they're they're a bad team, but, like, w- not to just excuse our, our picks where we got, we're, we're, what, one and six now in terms of picking these games right. But I think they it are. speaks to a bigger point of we had no, we truly have no idea who this Colts team is. Every week's a new season, and this season was not a good one. We'll see if uh, next oh. season is 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 better. You know, um, the only identity they have right now is self destruction, and that's <laughs> not one that you want. I mean, that's that's the only thing they've done consistently this year. That is, I think, the perfect way to end the pod. The three, the three turnovers, the pick six, the sacks, the quarterback hits. The Colts have perfected the art of self-destruction. That's how you end up right now through seven games at 3-3-1 three, three, and one, and still in a weak AFC South division, end up 1-3-1 and one through your first five division games of the year. And it does culminate in another loss of the Titans. Five in a row now. Tennessee has won over Indy. Six out of the last seven. Mike Vrabel has absolutely pantsed Frank Reich in this rivalry the last like four or five years for sure. It's been completely lopsided for how one-sided it was when the Colts and Peyton and even then to Andrew Luck used to dominate Tennessee. It has flipped on its head big time. It's flipped on its head very, very quickly, George. 19-10, the Colts go down 3-3-1 in the season. We will be back. If you liked what you, you heard, if you're a first-time listener to the Blue Horseshoe Pod, welcome in. I'm sorry it's not on better terms after what is another frustrating loss. But, hey, don't let the Colts impact your emotions. Make sure you're checking us out. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you like to listen. That's where the Blue Horseshoe Pod can be found. Make sure you share with a friend, too. I don't, I don't know about you, George. I like sharing, you know, pods. I like listening to them, Absolutely. talk about them with friends. So just don't Absolutely. do it by yourself. You know, We're a very share. shareable pod. And Very sure why be angry by your, you know by yourself? Right, vent your frustration to a friend, and sharing the pod will help you do that for sure. So you can check George out on Twitter. He's, he's always giving his Colts thoughts uh, and updates at GM Burn. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey. The number three. We will be back for a midweek pod Wednesday morning to break down if there's any thought or any change into how this Colts team can get off to a, a better start than what they have, and there's any reason to believe. This season can get any better before it gets worse. So appreciate you joining us for what is a very, again, tough, frustrating edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. It's been a lot of fun doing it live with you guys. Hopefully we'll do it again on joyous circumstances so far. We're 0 for 2 in live pods, George. Ironically, both came against the uh, Titans. Both are losses, so maybe we'll we'll flip it around one day and figure out how to do a live pod after a win. But to now and then, safe travels back. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.